Welcome to another episode of the Promo News Podcast, talking music videos with me, Rob Ulitsky and David Knight. And in this episode, we're talking to Tash Tung, a director who has brought a distinctive sensibility to the pop video genre in recent times, making both stylish and emotionally revealing work for the likes of Brie Runway, Sega Bodega, Dodi, Shabo and Lucinda Schwa. Born and raised in London, of Malaysian heritage, Tash studied at Chelsea College of Art and London College of Communication. Her background in fine art, graphic design and photography led her to working in film, firstly as a treatment researcher and also moonlighting in front of the camera in commercials before she directed her first music video in 2016. That was spotted by Promo News and featured on the website and brought her to the attention of video commissioners and production companies. More videos quickly followed. She signed to Blink in London in 2019 and has become a force in both the traditional music video format and live music videos, while her commercial directing career has also taken off in the UK and elsewhere. Meanwhile, Tash's photography has been displayed at the Tate Britain as part of the How We Are Photographing Britain exhibition. But we started by asking her about that initial breakthrough as a director and what inspired her to become a filmmaker and to gravitate towards making music videos. When I first started, I think I was so into watching every film possible and really building my film knowledge. And I think that was partly because I used to work in a cinema. <laughs> and right. I, um, before I started working in production, I worked at um, the Prince Charles Cinema in Leicester Square. That like really fed into how I made a good start in production, I think. I had such a wealth of of knowledge in terms of like the past few years of things that were out, which I think feeds a lot into commercial and music videos, you know, like yeah. there are trends that come through in the way stories are told or like um, camera movements and colors and things like that, you know, that um, really informs what's what's happening in, in a more commercial sense, I think. Um, yeah. So that, that for sure, when I first started, I was like kind of obsessed with. Oh, I think there was just like a big, a big uh, one car I like revisit. I think mm. during when I first started, and also like I think Harmony Korean had come out with Spring Breakers, and it was that like really crazy bright colors and yeah. dark night kind of thing, and a, a bit like grainy and and wonderful like that and I was kind of really obsessed with that when I first started so a lot of my videos are very bright in color and yeah, very, yeah. very nice and I also always refer back to like the OG like music video guys like Jonathan Glazer you know I think when I think about my early videos I just wanted to be like really dark and really moody and I was going through that in my life and <laughs> um, just being like I've always been like you know alternative and that's kind of you know where I positioned myself I think at the beginning I wanted to tell those kind of dark stories loved horror I love horror films and things like that um I'm really into metal and so I think, like, oh, really? that, yeah, I think people are very surprised because I think my work is very pop and in, in many ways and um, emotional, maybe in some respects, like in now nowadays. But uh, I think that all that kind of like stuff has fed into like all these different uh, stages of my work. I, you know, I think if you go really far back to the beginning, you can feel it's all like nighttime, bit moody, a bit dark bit sad. I mean, it's interesting you use those adjectives. I was thinking about how I would describe 
generally how I describe your work. And it and it's you know and it is, you know, there's a sensitivity about it. So that's quite mm-hmm. funny. You said you like metal, um, but maybe I'm, I'm not the most nuanced. Disregarding, genre. <laughs> I'm disregarding the the sensitivity of of heavy metal, but you know, um, and and intimate. You know, I think there's a lot of intimacy about the way you've um, you know you've approached. You know, most of your most of your subjects, you know, it sort of comes through in your work. How do you start the process when you've, I guess, when you've like got the job? Are you close? Do you get close to your subjects, i.e., the performers generally, or is yeah. it kind of a what kind of relationship do you have with them? Does it change from artist to artist? I work a lot with female artists actually, um, yeah. and I think that is you know, the nature of doing sort of one thing and then it you know gets um, seen by some people who want you specifically for their artist, et cetera, et cetera. And it's been really nice in many ways because I think people come to me for that, that sense of sensitivity, I guess that sensitivity that you speak about and the way that I um, can connect with the artist, I think. Um, I've been really lucky with the people I've worked with who've all been lovely and amazing (laughs) it's been very easy to build relationship with them um like you know you never really get to to know them before you shoot the video i think the one artist that i did meet before and, and had a bit more involvement in kind of giving me the brief personally was brie runway um oh right and they yeah so Blink, um, I'm with Blink, and Blink had done a bunch of brief videos before, so um, I had right, a close yeah. relationship with his manager, and um, so that's how that started. And so, obviously, it's been a couple of years since I've worked with her, but um, that was a really fun process where I could get a sense of her, her energy already yeah. and um, think, how can I really showcase this? I think those... I did two videos for Brie and the first one is a really stripped back video because they really wanted something in contrast to her previous videos, which were like bright, colorful, narrative, fun, and it had a lot going on. And that like really encompasses her in many ways. But with Brie, she's such a strong performer that we wanted to do something super stripped back, nowhere to hide, you know, still fun and naughty and yeah. sexy but um a different side of her and so then we got to do another one together because um that was just a great relationship and a really uh, easy process and the same with i guess um Shabo and georgia smith i shot them for vivo um i did a whole live uh EP for George Smith that we shot eight songs live and um, Shabo was one of the featured artists and I simultaneously had been pitching on Shabo's music video featuring Georgia so I had just sent my treatment in whilst I was shooting them but we had a great time on set and I think um, I had really addressed I guess Shabo's brief but we we worked collaboratively um, once they'd sort of seen my idea and and wanted to really, I think for that song, it's called My Sister, and it's got a lot of personal elements in for Shabo. So yeah, she yeah, really yeah. wanted to be involved in terms of like making sure those uh, little narratives were 
you know, spoke to her or resonated with her and the song. Um, and so, yeah, those, those kinds of briefs are great. Like, I guess it's, I always just try and fit, of course, the video to the artist um, as much as possible. And I think perhaps that's why my work is quite broad, I would say, like in many ways. Yeah, um, yeah. So one of the first videos uh, we want to talk about is your 2018 promo for Sega Bodega's Kisses to My Phone. Um, with an overall theme, the project obviously had a theme of self-care. Um, what was your inspiration behind casting yourself and what did you learn from being in front of the camera as well as directing the project? Mm, I love that project. Um, thanks for bringing it up because um, it feels like it was obviously a while ago now. There was just a lot going on at the time when I was given that brief. I had a lot going on in my personal life and I also... I think I was also working on multiple projects at the same time. I had not really like come up against that in this sense before. Um, And so when the theme was self-care, I just, I wanted to to write about like rituals of self-care or what this meant to me. And um, it, we had a very uh, small budget for it and I didn't want to ask someone else to, to be in it um for that money um right and i also thought it would be a really good process for me to embrace it and it was hard it was really hard to be in front of the camera and behind the camera at the same <laughs> time um but i worked with a really amazing small group of people um and my producer fermi anderson really pulled this great team together um that was you made this space and it was very much about even like making a safe space for me to like be semi-naked in and to Mm -hmm. dance by myself as as someone who's not used to doing that um but I think that I really wanted to kind of I don't know I just embraced the idea of self-care I just thought I need to do this for myself too um and I think it was such a important moment in my career I felt like I really um understood what it would what it's like being in front of the camera I can understand the pressures of people who aren't um like natural performers I would say like who aren't used to it who are new to that who are non-actors and how to work with them now that I've experienced that I think at the end we all felt like we've stuff in you know put ourselves into it I think um but yeah so that was a great project that I loved and um we got to watch all the films together at screening at the oh, castle wow. cinema so it's quite interesting to see it like on a big screen <laughs> yeah because those those themes of like self-care and kind of that really do come through that video and it actually leads on um to the next question I wanted to mention the dancing scenes um you mentioned obviously that was quite a a challenge when you're not used to kind of dancing in front of the camera and like being really free. Mm. Um, they did strike me as like very free and, and transcendent almost. And you have a similar kind of set of dance setups in the Medusa video for Peace of Your Heart. Um, and yeah. I was wondering if there was a relation between kind of certain tracks and your gravitation towards movement and dance. Oh, thank you. I'm really glad that those scenes felt, you know, natural and <laughs> um, came across well. Um, I I think for me, just, I mean, music's obviously, I'm sure everyone says this, but it's like such a big part of, of my life. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I think, especially recently, I'm really connecting again with my body and movement. But it's always been something that's in my work, I think, with both people in front of the camera and the camera itself. I think camera movement is also massive part of my work and um i think i really love that choreography be- be- with between the people in front of the camera and the camera yeah. um and i guess it's just like another form of expression really um and something that i love exploring and and it's great to work with choreographers and movers it's just another element isn't it that's such obviously it's such a big part of music videos as well but um and it's, yeah. so it's really nice to have this kind of playground to explore those things. Like, of course, music videos are like the perfect place to to explore movement and music. When you when you are working with choreography, because there's also the um, MK uh, video, yeah. I think you did, which is yeah. mainly choreography. Well, it is all choreography, mm. and uh, and obviously the the Dodi. Uh, yeah video you made also obviously incorporates uh choreography in it so how much is it do you plan beforehand or is it are, are you when you say with a camera movement do you feel like it's a process where you it's it kind of like develops on the day something that i always do and i'm trying to hold back a bit is that i i think so clearly about um, specific image, images or, or ideas in terms of movement at the treatment stage. Mm. <laughs> I'm trying not to always write in because I feel like it can be too much sometimes. <laughs> um, but specifically with those videos that you've mentioned, the MK1, um, the brief was a one shot, um, but I wanted to have something different in there so the camera actually lifts up into the air so we start on steady cam on the ground and then um, midway through the video it kind of like lifts up to quite a high shot with the dancer on the floor and just as part of like the feeling of um moving in and out of your body i think i think that was i just wanted to be able to like take up space or use the space in fact and um i had written that into the treatment um and then with the choreography um the idea of was this kind of second dance coming in and out of the shot but you know from where like it's a mystery it's like her imagination Mm. um and so working with the choreographer paletta who's amazing on that um we started to think about you know i guess a lot of different body shapes and how that could um kind of play into it and i went to rehearsal and filmed and and wanted the camera in specific places. I worked with a great steady cam operator called Jake Whitehouse on that. He's an incredible collaborator, super creative, um, you know, w- will come with ideas. And I think that's another thing that you, you know, obviously I can think I want this frame here, and but it's like, how do we get there? And those are the collaborations on the day that your mm. operator and your DOP can suggest um, and, and so with Dodie, for example, um, that long form, because it was quite a long piece, there were some elements that I already knew and could see in my mind. But then there was a lot of stuff in the middle that was free flow, because I guess with a big band, with a lot of dancers, mm. there are, um, you know, 
there's things and until you're in the space and with the set it's quite hard to know exactly like how things will play um but there is one piece in that long form called weird where i specifically could see how i wanted there's this amazing kind of middle eight moment of that song and i really wanted to highlight that and um the idea is like the dancers pass a kiss along from and Dodie's in the middle and the kiss kind of goes into the center to, to Dodie and I had seen that in my mind when I pitched and so working with the, the choreographers on that I kind of drew this awful stick man <laughs> image actually on my I think I put it on my Instagram following um the, the video release and just um tried to explain this and they they really did a really beautiful job with that and um yeah, so there's there's elements that I already see beforehand, but like you know, depending on the shoot, like uh, there's things that you know will will come up on the day um, that we that we can you know, experiment with. Yeah, yeah, and presumably you. Well, I mean, it's clearly of a piece. The the Dodi um, live from the attic um, film. Um, <clears throat> It just feels it's got that as live feel, but it's also cinematic and um, it's really lovely, actually. I mean, I think it's it's like that. It has got that those elements which I would really, um, you know, attribute to your your style. As I was saying, you know, this sort of intimacy, even though you it's like a room full of people. I mean, how did, how did that project come about? Um, so that one was. Uh, it came direct, which was really nice. Um, the creative directors on uh, for Dodi, uh, Greta Isaac and Karina, they reached out to Rosie Breer, who was producer at Blink and has, um, is now working at, uh, as producer at Mr. Mr. Um, right. And they asked Rosie who if they if Blink had any directors or if, or if she knew any directors who would be good for this live video, and. Um, I've done a lot of live videos actually um, and so Rosie put me forward and they really liked the style of my work and I think it is that the intimacy that that they really connected with because I think with Dodie as a performer um, as an artist like she's come up through revealing you know her most intimate moments on YouTube and online uh, I don't know mm. if you know much about Dodie but um, yeah Dodie's uh, develops an artist very much in in front of the lens you know putting everything right. out there and that's incredibly brave and unusual and I think they wanted to capture that sense of of Dodie's personality but yeah. like elevate it I guess um I think for me what was interesting was that they let me or they were open to this long form kind of half a live video, half a music video world. I think mm. for me, I, because I have done quite a few live sessions that just ex um, that exist as like a live, like one live film, uh, another live track, you know, which there is obviously so much merit in that and I love it. Um, I wanted to try and push this narratively a little bit. So to have that, like those little moments of, you know, intimacy with Doe Deep in between the film films. I just thought it would be really fun to do and just something a bit different. It's uh, interesting how the live video as a as an artifact 
you know, is, has sort of come into its own in the last few years. Um, it's definitely, uh, obviously, labels are commissioning more of them. And and now, obviously, there's different types of live films and special projects. And And do you think your work sort of, like, lends itself to that kind of extended take on an artist? It's an interesting question. I mean, we probably know more than I do as a whole about the, you know, those longer form projects and, and what's out there. Yes, I would love that. You know, I think it gives space for like nuanced storytelling and uh, connecting with an artist over a long period of time is like a wonderful thing. Um, you know, so, uh, that is just something that I, like you have said, um, is part of my work is, is being able to feel close to the artist and how wonderful that would be to be able to do that over a longer period. I, yeah, that would be amazing. What a dream. <laughs> if that was the way that, um, you know, people would want to, to work more, then that would be great. I just, I don't know whether people, audiences are digesting things. There's like a half of that is like, yes, people want to sit and watch something longer. And half of it is like, no, I want a 15 second mm. Instagram. Well, exactly. Well, exactly. I mean, you I know. guess that in, in my head, because in of, yeah, the way that people have been talking about things, you know, it's like, what is the, what is the direction of the medium? You know, and it does, it does feel like, um, you know, maybe we should be trying to look at it in a different way as more of a kind of like, you know, the event thing, which could be more than just the three minute video. And I guess that's been going on for a for a long time, there's a special projects category at the at the MVAs, and it's incredibly popular. It just it just shows there are numerous, there are so many different ways in order to, you know, frame the music, in order to visualize, you know, music and and the personality of the of the artist. And I think the Dodi film does that really well. It's, it sort of elevates something which is essentially, you know, real. You know, it's sort of it is live, but it's definitely elevated. And um, yeah, more of that, please. That's what I say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> You're listening to the Premier News Podcast, talking music videos in association with Loop Talent. Make sure to subscribe on your favourite platform to hear more in the series. So the video uh, you mentioned you shot for Shaver in Georgia um, is another highly intimate and emotional uh, promo. I think it's fair to say it has more of a narrative element um, than a few of your other videos, but still in kind of an interesting abstract way. Did you find it an exciting challenge to mix the performance and narrative bits in this way? Yeah, um, I I love that video. It means a lot to me, that one. Um, the performance elements just really elevate the story because you can see that it means a lot also to Shobo and Georgia, I think. Yeah. Um, there's definitely connection between kind of like two very styled, glamorous performers against also the reality of the narrative was something that I was like, is this going to work? But I think it really yeah. does work. Having them in the scenes as well and, and the most interesting scene for me was this kind of I guess I called it the counselling scene so it was with Shabo opposite um, our actress Annie um, who Shabo sort of 
you know, performing the lyrics to Annie, and Annie is the Min, but obviously has has a narrative running through, um, yeah. which is this kind of domestic abuse narrative. And for me, that really ties those worlds together because it really is coming from Shaver. It's so personal that song, and I just wanted to like honor that and make a space for all these people to come together and you know let you let things know and ha- have these stories um out there and and feel safe with it so yeah that was a really great project and um also has a lot of uh i guess intimacy as as we talked about um but that kind of i guess cinematic element i think i wanted yeah. to it to feel yeah. like there was scale to it as well and um that you you know that shabo and georgia are these amazing artists that you know, deserve a big pop video. <laughs> I really like love the the sort of the generational aspect of it. So you go from mm. them as as they are now to uh, representations of them as children, and then you sort of tell um, the story. You know, it's gradual, and you're kind of like really sort of introducing that those aspects. Um, as it goes, and you know, you're doing a big, you know, sort of thinking about the viewer. I think, you know, mm-hmm. cause you're giving them what they expect and then you're giving them something a bit different. Yeah, it's it's kind of like making sure people can still connect. Yeah. But then also um, I wanted it to feel beautiful and like, I guess not abstract, but like, yeah, for it to be able to, it's a story that could, that, you can relate to as a child or that you can see happening to other people or, you know, um, like you said, like cross-generation. Talking about the generational aspect of the Shabo and Georgia video leads quite nicely onto the um, Lucinda Schwa video. Mm. Um, because obviously that explores an intimate story between the artist and a younger version of herself. Um, yeah. And I think also it's a really nice showcase of all of the things we've talked about and all of the skills that you've talked about kind of developing um mm. and obviously it looks beautiful as well i think it's safe to say all of your videos do Thank um you. do you remember the background of that production and how it kind of came about because it was after the georgia and uh, shabo video right yes yeah exactly it was after georgia and shabo um and interestingly, you mentioned this kind of generational um, aspect feeding into my videos because the first video I did with Lucinda, which was a one-shot live video, right. <laughs> but also kind of a music film as well. It had it kind of crossed over um, because the beginning of the video starts with Lucinda performing live, and then um, it the camera moves back to reveal the set, and then follows her father out out of the studio, right. and. So that um, origin, I'm just going to talk briefly about it, is uh, just in terms of working with Lucinda. Our work is very much led by like our personal experience and also our connection. We're very close friends. Um, we became friends because of that first video. It was her first music video and... Um, we met up to discuss it and we just ended up having a drink and talking for like three hours, which was really nice. <laughs> um, but... So there's that personal aspect to it where we, we realised our family were from the same, our, our fathers were from the same part of Malaysia, in Penang, which is a small island. Right, um, oh, really? And, yeah, and it was just a really great connection. Um, 
back then I didn't have like a big Asian community of friends and um, it was really nice to like meet someone with that kind of shared uh, history and we wanted to kind of include that in the video um, because it felt like a, a turning point for us in terms of like you know there was a, there's a lot of talk about how to amplify diverse voices and how to be seen and I mm. think for us back then we didn't know how to navigate that. I'm not, I don't think I'm kind of out there screaming and shouting mm. um, in terms of like my projection of myself. Um, and so with this next video with Lucinda, um, we wanted to think about uh, exploring um, identity when you didn't have a role model growing up, you know, what it was like to be um, British uh, Asian for us here mm. um, and you know how that I guess how that reconcile uh, you can reconcile that within yourself so that video um Lucinda came to me with the the brief and really wanted this idea of a younger self and I think that is something that is obviously a very common trope so how can we approach this differently um and make it specific to the song and to our experiences and um I really thought about like what it feels like to go like home to Malaysia or to Southeast Asia where it's like really hot and you have these kind of mosquito nets and mm-hmm. um, I wanted to, to bring that into like this this world that we create and how that can feel constrictive constrictive mm-hmm. um, mm. and oppressive and but then those elements of things that we love to that remind us of home like the blue plastic stool I can't even explain how everyone's so excited about the blue plastic stool I think it's such like a moniker (laughs) of like southeast asia of like eating out um you know you've got all these like plastic stools on the on the streets where people eat hot pot or like noodles or in the hawker stalls and stuff um so there was all these elements like production elements production design elements um I worked with a great production designer called Erin C who um is from Hong Kong and also like really has this like beautiful artistic sensibility and really understood what I was going for. Um, and so, yeah, this, this um, kind of working with a mini me, I suppose, <laughs> is wanted to add movement to it. Um, Lisa has been working a lot on, on movement and putting movement into her work. And um, I think for me, what was interesting, like, there's, there's like a fine line between like a mini and like something a little bit uncanny. I wanted to include to hope, like hope that that comes across to like something a little bit interesting and, and sinister about having a, a miniature version. And there's conflict in that video as well as like them coming together and resolve. Yeah, so, I think yeah. that comes through. Yeah, it's definitely she's the, 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 the she's a wise child, isn't she? She's not a senior fi- figure in the partnership but she has yeah. equal standing at least and she mm-hmm. has exactly. she has a wisdom um there which she's sort of yeah. offering lucinda and she kind of obviously gives her her blessing at the end doesn't she yes i think it's like um you know there's those thing this the younger version of yourself is that there's all these things that we wish we still had as an adult but also mm. the things that we could have given and nurtured our younger selves now as adults. I think those are the two elements. Like, yeah, there's always the things that you could wish you 
would say to your could say to your younger self I think and there is a lot of lessons we could learn from being young I think now there's forgiveness there basically I think is really what and that works both ways you know with experience and and growing older definitely Mm. yeah but yeah again that video I think very I think for me I'm so proud of that video because I think there's literally nowhere to hide anything (laughs) like (laughs) um so minimal and so stripped back and um I think for me just was I I loved the challenge and it was I got to think about it for really long, like at least in the the whole process of what I heard the song like years ago and uh you know because we're because we're friends there's you know we knew that we would make a video together but eventually I had maybe like a month or which is a long time to yeah. to write the story um and to mm-hmm. write you know, the shots and things like that um it's a long time in music video world. Like I think I had a month and a half, something like that. Wow. <laughs> so it was, I know, it's it was a real dream. It was just a really fun directing challenge for me, I guess, or directing project. I don't know really what to call it. It was just really fun. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. I think it's evident. It is really, really stunning. So what else are you, are you up to um, other outside of music videos? I mean, you said you, you're sort of working on personal projects, but obviously you've been doing commercials um yes and how how does that differ i guess so my move into commercials was last in 2021 i think i did a whole bunch and it was really fun (laughs) i did my first uk commercial which was for virgin um red and that was what was really exciting about that was that i got to do some in in like practical effects and then vfx and that for me was like a massive step because i hadn't really done that at all in any of my music videos thing i've got like a bit of vfx in a re-runway video um but yeah that was like a huge step up for me in terms of scaling my work up and and learning about how to do something else completely you know music videos and commercials are both like great places to try different things i think commercials in terms of budgets, like allow you to have more toys, I, I guess is like mm. a way to use it. Um, but but so in many ways they they have that similarity where you can try new things. <laughs> but uh, yeah, in this in this specific uh, commercial, I got to um, yeah do a lot of VFX and wire work and things like that, which I'd not done before. So that was really fun. Yeah, and you and you're repped um, by you know companies all over, you know France and the States. Yeah. So are yeah. you you know are you whizzing around the world making commercials? <laughs> I did do more whizzing around the world before. I think things have quietened down a little bit. Um, I did shoot some stuff remotely with Argentina, and wow, that was hard. Like during <laughs> kind of the lockdown the pandemic. times. During the pandemic, yes. Um, that was probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. I did a photo shoot and every day was the time like shifted, you know, the, the, our call time shifted. So then the last day, I think I worked from like 1 p.m. to 5 a.m. the next day. <laughs> something crazy. And I was just, I thought that like, my brain was melting. Um, that was probably one of the hardest like shoot experiences I've had. Um, but yeah, it's been great to 
to be picked up by different production companies. I think it's really exciting. Um, my American representation is is new, so that happened um, just I don't know the end of last year, beginning of this year was announced, and um, mm. with this company called Institute, and they specifically. Uh, champion diverse voices and their whole roster is um, made up of all different types of like directors working in documentary um, photography um, yeah narrative you know commercial all that kind of stuff um, and just but just from like uh, m- you know more minority groups you know and I think that's it's really cool to be a production company that are just like this is who we are this is what we stand for um, yeah. which is which is cool. Uh, so that's a new thing um, I'm excited about. But yeah, it's great to be with Le Pac in France and Quincus uh, mm. in Argentina. So it's 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 nice to have, to feel like my work is being seen in different yeah. places and having and having those opportunities is great. Yeah, for sure. That's Hopefully really, more. Yeah, I mean, it's really <laughs> exciting. Is there any... Is there any kind of project that's on your wish list, so to speak? Anything you'd like to uh, try your hand or delve into a little bit? That's such a hard question because <laughs> I would love to just do everything. I don't know. It's uh, I always think about um, in terms of commercials or, or music videos. I just want to make stuff. I, <laughs> I guess yeah. does everyone say that? Most people that- have a have a feature project on the go. Tash, so you mm. must have. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I, I, I mean, I would love to do features. I, I, I want to first of all do some narrative shorts. I think, yeah, in whatever you know sense that is. But I also, in terms of commercials and music videos, would love to scale up my work. You know, yeah. I think I have the capacity to do like big scale cinematic yeah. effects with nuance and intimacy and sensitivity and emotion. I feel like I could do big dance work. I could do explosions. Yeah. <laughs> Both in the same yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just exciting, isn't it, really? Imagination is the, the key, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. I can see you. You, you should be. You know, you you could be scaling up to do uh, bigger, more more explosive pop videos. <laughs> yeah. Um, with with explosions. Yeah. With explosions. Without explosions. Without explosions. <laughs> uh, and sensitivity. New brief. <laughs> um, right. No, I think that's such a like great thing that you've the way that you framed our work has been so lovely to hear and um so thank you very much it's, it's always really lovely to to hear how someone else how other people in the industry like see you it's been it's been great thanks very much tash for coming on um and yeah look forward thank to seeing so what comes next thanks all right okay thanks thank you bye thanks. this has been the promo news podcast talking music videos with david knight and robbie litsky of promo news in association with Loop Talent. Our thanks again to Tash Tung and to Gabby Mawson for her help in the making of this episode. You can find links to the work discussed in this podcast in the description and also at promonews.tv, the home for the latest in music video creativity and production news. 
Subscribe to the Premier News podcast to hear more of our conversations with leading creatives in the music video industry.